0: I'm Charlie Keegan, and this is the Central Wigan Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Central Wigan Podcast. This is episode 25 and what a day it has been for Wigan Athletic as we beat Queen's Park Rangers 1-0 at the DW Stadium to put three points back on the board that just got taken off us. I was at the ground today, sat right behind the goal in the south stand. And the only frustrating part is that we would be two points off safety if that deduction wasn't handed to us. But this squad are on the brink of achieving something that the majority of football fans wrote off as impossible weeks ago. And now we've got seven games left to try and stay in the championship. It's not going to be easy at all, but there's clearly fights still there. There's still a chance. And honestly, that is good enough for me. As always, with the match reviews, I'm going to go through the team selection, the standout moments from the game, who the standout players were as well, which to be honest, could be all of them. The stats from the game and then we'll finally take a look around the other scores and see what the big picture looks like now. Sean Maloney made four changes from the side that played Watford before the international break with Omar Rake, Callum Lang, Ashley Fletcher and a return from injury for Jack Watmore coming in for Ryan Nyambe, Tom Naylor, Will Keane and Stephen Corker. Our 11 was Ben Amos, Charlie Hughes, Jack Watmore, Omar Rakeek, Derikwa as captain, McLean, Power, Teehi, Sanani, Lang and Fletcher. And on the bench, we had Jamie Jones, Corker, Nyambe, Pierce, Naylor, Asgard, and Keane. I think overall, I was really happy with the lineup. Maloney confirmed earlier in the week that Charlie Hughes would be ready in time when, he's, when he was talking in the press conference. But he did place a doubt on Jack Watmore, so I was glad to see him back involved. Obviously, the game does come too soon for Jordan Cousins, who is back in training. But, you know, he's not not definitely not a match fit now. There were a couple of familiar faces as well in the QPR side with Leon Balogun back in the starting lineup and Jamal Lowe on the bench. And I'm not sure what the feeling with the QPR fan base is at the moment. I mean, I can't imagine it's a good one with everything going on at the club, but the fans really didn't react well to Balogun at the end of the game. And there's a video going around on Twitter that showed the fans yelling at Balogun with somebody from the club trying to drag him away. I mean, he's always welcome back at the DW if he wants to change his scenery and that goes for Jamal Lowe as well. In the first half, Latics were shooting towards the south stand and no more than five minutes in, Daniel Sanani won a penalty just to the right of the area after being brought down. And the play started from Charlie Hughes pinging one from our own box right over the top of their defence all the way down to Sanani, who worked, worked it into the area down to the right and was brought down by Leon Balagun. Now, I'm not too sure that that challenge actually needed to be made. And maybe if he had just left it, you know, somebody else would have cleared up behind him. But Balagun went in. There was no doubt that it wasn't a penalty at all. And Max Power stepped up to hit it and no keeper in the world was going to save that. Top bins and right in front of us. And surprisingly, that is actually Power's first ever championship goal on his 82nd league appearance, which now puts him on 17 goals for Wigan Athletic overall. And if he gets two more, that's going to match his goal scoring tally from Tranmere Rovers. Power definitely got a lot of stick earlier in the season, but you know as the season's gone on, he's just become more and more of a focal point in our midfield. He's been brilliant, and especially under Sean Maloney. And then the game plan for the first half is essentially more of the same as what led to the penalty, with Charlie Hughes pinging him down the right-hand side, trying to get them to Daniel Sanani or Ashley Fletcher trying to run onto them there was a couple of mistakes being made at the back with us not clearing the ball away and just taking a little bit too much time on the ball. Callum Lang was busy as well. And after about the half hour mark, he nearly made the afternoon worse for Leon Balagun as he got down the right-hand side, drove a ball across, which took a wild deflection off Balagun and forced Senny Diang into a reaction save. Then we did lose Daniel Sanani to an injury after 34 minutes. Tello Asgard came on in place of him. And I don't know what the injury is, but hopefully he's back for Bramall Lane on Friday. But halftime, though, I was very happy with what we saw. Direct play. We caused a lot of problems to the QPR defence. And with us scoring so early on, I was hopeful that if we can go on and try and get a second goal, which we haven't done since the Blackpool win before the World Cup when we won 2-1, and I thought we could definitely put the game to bed. Gareth Ainsworth did make a sub at half time with Ilias Chair coming on for centre back Jimmy Dunn. And that just compacted the midfield a bit more. It was a big throw of a dice for, for Ainsworth. Obviously, when you're losing a centre back and, you know, Wigan were going to try and push, it could have exposed them a little bit more. But they wanted to go and try and create more chances going forward. They only had two shots in their first half with one on target. So they had to do something. And there was a big chance for Robert Dickey, who was another centre back. He nearly levelled the game up from a wide free kick. He got swung in. He got his head to it on the edge of the six yard line. But Ben Amon us again did really well to get a hand on it. Maloney took Lang off in the 66th minute for Tom Naylor and Ainsworth took Linden Dykes out for Jamal Lowe and I don't know why a lot of fans were booing Jamal Lowe when he came on to be honest. It was really good for us, administration forced him away I don't think there was any hard feelings, but it got a couple of boos. Ainsworth made three more subs in the final 15 minutes, with the Johansson, Willock and Laird coming off for Dozzle, Adamar and Drew. And then Maloney made his final change with Ryan Nainby coming on for Chris tehe who was an absolute joy to watch, to be honest. It's my first time seeing him live, and if we have even the slightest chance of trying to sign him up, we've got to take that chance. He's an absolute brilliant player. But QPR were definitely more attacking in the second half. They had six shots with two on target, compared to just the two shots in the first half and the biggest chance came right at the end with Kenneth Paul hitting one on the volley from about 10 yards outside the area. It came from, I think it was Jack Watmore, cleared it from a corner, took it down on his chest, hit the volley, and it was denied brilliantly with Ben Amos getting right down to his bottom left and putting it away. It was a game-winning save, and after all the votes on Twitter, we are naming Ben Amos as the player of the match. Three big saves, one high claim, one clearance in the full 90. He's not been needed as much as we've seen in recent games, but he was definitely there when we needed him today. So Ben Amos, player of the match. Okay, so standout players. For me, the list of four that I've chosen are Jack Watmore, Max Power, Charlie Hughes, and Chris Teahy. Watmore made seven clearances, won six of his eight duels, and after slotting back into a team after dealing with his injury, I thought he was brilliant today. Really, really alert and assertive in that back line. Max Power, for his goal and leadership on the field, never let anybody be distracted, and he's been quite a good mentor to Charlie Hughes as well. Charlie Hughes constantly continues to amaze me about how he doesn't look out of place in this side at all. Despite just being 19 years old and in his first senior season, six clearances, one block, and refuses to be bullied by any opponent who's trying to win the ball off him. He's got a mental maturity that is so rare in young players and especially young centre-back and he just looks so calm out there. And that's not even going into the long balls as well. that He's pinging, you know, left, right and centre. Anywhere he wants that ball to go, he can He can usually find his man. And then finally, Chris Teahe. There are very few players I can recall who look as calm on the ball as he does. Won eight of his nine ground duels, a pass accuracy of 82% and only lost possession nine times in the 89 minutes. Like I said before, whatever we can do to keep him for next season, we need to pull out all the stops and put a deal forward before other clubs come in for him, which they're bound to. They're from in the game we're gonna add the best of a possession by 51% to 49 both sides had eight shots with Latik hitting four on target and QPR hitting three we had two corners they had five one offside for us three for them 12 fouls to their 14 and two yellow cards each with Latics having max power and Omar Rikik in the book Riki booting the ball away right at the end of the game to waste time and Laird and Dickey in the book for QPR despite picking up three points we are still bottom of the sky back championship with 34 points from 39 games we're five points from safety, but our goal difference essentially means that we're about six points from safety with seven games to go. A few scores from the weekend: we had Burnley nil, Sunderland nil last night, Luton two, Watford nil, Preston three, Blackpool one in the early kickoff. Norwich nil, Sheffield United one, and surprisingly, Huddersfield four, Middlesbrough two, which was a real shock. And there was five goals in the second half, with four of them coming for Huddersfield in a 20-minute spell right at the start of the half. Hull City nil, Rotherham nil, Bristol City one, Reading one, Coventry nil, Stoke City four. Cardiff City 2, Swansea 3, which was an extra time winner for Swansea. West Brom 0, Millwall nil, and Birmingham City 1, Blackburn Rovers 0. So the bottom of the table now looks like this, where you've got Wigan Athletic on 34 points, Blackpool on 35, Huddersfield and Cardiff are tied on 39, Rotherham with 41, QPR with 42 points and Reddin have got 46 points which takes you up to 18th place but Reddin are due a six point deduction in the next few days I believe which takes them down to 40 and well in the survival scrap that'll put them below Rotherham. So Latics obviously have the most work to do there and our final seven games are against Sheffield United, Swansea, Blackpool, Stoke, Millwall, Reddin, and Rotherham so five of those are in the bottom half of the table three are in the bottom six and it's honestly going to go down to the wire. I'll be very surprised if this doesn't go down to the final day with Wigan hosting Rotherham as well. I will be on the Progress of Unity podcast to talk about the QPR game tomorrow and ahead of the Sheffield United game on Friday, the, April the 7th, I will be speaking to some Blades fans actually to do full match previews for them. I'm just glad to see that it was get the win today because we really needed that and I'm loving the fight that this team is still getting right until the end. We've had a lot happen to us this season, and I hope that we can pull off the miracle and put the season behind us. But if we can't and we get on to League One, I'm just really proud of the team for fighting all the way when realistically they could have just down tools in the last few weeks and not bothered. Before I wrap up this episode, I just want to include a couple of academy updates as I forgot to do it in the last episode. Wiggins under twenty ones beat Hull City 5-1 on March the 20th at Christopher Park, with Scott Smith, Yusuf Shantouf, Abdi Sharif, Joe Rodwell-Grant and Luke Brennan all scoring, with Brennan actually getting three assists in that game as well. That puts them up to second in the Professional Development League with 33 points from 23 games. And we played Charlton under 21s at the Valley on Monday, the April the 3rd. Wigan Athletics under 18s though suffered a big loss at home to Sheffield United on March the 28th. We lost 5-1, and that keeps them ninth in the under 18 league with 17 points from 23. They're definitely having a tough season. Five games to go, and the next one is Colchester United. They can't really achieve anything there it's at the bottom of the table. We did welcome our new Academy scholars at the DW also, with I believe I think it was about 15 new younger players who came met talal and sean maloney for their official induction so it's great to see the academy taking in new players until the next episode what a win that was today and up the ticks